Okay. okay. I have we... to I have to put push a button. Okay, no, I'm all yours. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are speaking with the one and only uh Doro Apesh, the new uh, Warlock Triumph and Agony Live box set goes on sale September 24th, 2021. Uh, definitely worth uh, picking up. And as we say here in Montreal, uh, bonjour. Uh, comment allez-vous? How are you? Bonjour. Hey, very good. Merci beaucoup. Uh, all is good. And I'm excited. And we did some first festivals again. So really good festivals. And yeah. No, uh, no drive-ins this time? <laughs> What oh, no drive-ins? No, no, that was last year. But this year we did some other special shows, some beach chair concerts. But it was great. I tell you, it was great practice. Now we had the first couple of festivals in Belgium, the Alcatraz Festival in the UK, rocking the ball, and we were flying. Everybody was, you know, in good shape, and you know, we were ready to roll. And so a little hard work, a little practice. That's something some good. It's good, and we could keep it going. So, so I don't, you know. I, 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 I would have to. Um, I would have to assume that of all the rock stars out there, you're probably the one that the pandemic must have hurt the most because you love being on stage. Everybody else seems to have been on vacation and on a beach in Hawaii, or, but I can just see you sitting at home going, "Please, I want to play." Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The tour bus is my home, the fans, yeah. that's like my, you know, that's my blood. And yeah, it, it was hard, but then I thought, okay, I gotta get busy. And I went back into the studio. And then I, last year I did, I think we talked about the best of Magic yeah. Diamonds with 56 songs, best of rock ballads and red treasures. And yeah, and then there was one song on this album that was Make Time for Love of the Triumph and Agony album we recorded a few years ago. And I thought, okay, if we can't go back on tour, this year which we couldn't then I go back into the studio and then I worked on the Triumph and Agony live album and uh, Blu-ray it's a DVD Blu-ray and I think yeah it, it was absolutely worth it I would have never done it if I would have you know stayed on tour so so it was good so I was always busy you know yeah. doing something mixing something listening to good stuff and yeah it, it's been great for fans because every band now has a deluxe edition box set of something it's fantastic <laughs> We need, we, we need more we need more breaks i mean we need breaks without without a disease but we need more breaks because we get all this new music it's kind of cool yeah right and i would have never even checked out all the archives and i found some great bootleg tape bootleg tapes and you know like good stuff and i never even had a minute to sit down to check things out listen to old stuff and now i even got some some stuff from the early 80s my first demos i found while i was you know looking for something else and you know on cassette and you know good old cassette. I, I was, I was so, yeah on cassette and, and, and the triumph and agony life is on cassette as well i wanted to you know do it all old school so you know and i even bought a cassette player can you imagine it's like <laughs> listen when when cds came out i gave i gave up on everything but all right let me ask you about this then it is a a live set uh, for those fans that don't know is it a a single show you did is it all these t different tapes that you stuck together what are they getting exactly you know 
actually, we were celebrating the 30-year anniversary of Triumph and Agony a few years ago. And then we played an America tour, a Spain mm -hmm. tour, did Norway Rock and Grass Pop Festival and Sweden Rock. And Sweden Rock is a great festival. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but... I, I'm familiar with Sweden festival. Rock and yeah. I need to go someday. Yes, yes. It's so, it's, it's, it's really top-notch. So the very first time we ever played Triumph and Agony in its entirety was Sweden Rock. And I tell you, it had the most magic. The camera work was great. There were like 60,000 or 50,000 people there all going crazy. So so the CD is a combination between Sweden Rock and uh, a couple of songs of the Spain tour. And the DVD is all Sweden Rock, the festival and the documentary. It's 90 minutes long and, you know, and all that good stuff. And some bootlegs are on there as well. And I talk about like the making of the original Triumph and Agony. And, you know, we had some bits and pieces of the Megadeth tour we did in 1988. So like for diehard fans, I think that's... It's They're really going to love it. So, so let me ask yeah. you about the, the making of the album because on the album you had some guest stars on there or you had guest yeah. musicians uh, and i'm going to start with sterling campbell he has done mostly the pop stuff cindy lopper duran duran david bowie b52s how did that connection come about and were you looking for that style of drumming because he's not a heavy metal drummer so were you looking for a more upbeat poppy sound for us for, for that song I'm not pop, but somebody of this caliber was like that quality to play with people like David Bowie. They have a deep understanding. Uh -huh. And we had some other drummers, for example, Cozy Powell, yeah. who played on Touch of Evil, like the really heavy, powerful drums. His drumsticks were like as as thick as my arms. So, so we had a couple of songs which were very, very a soulful like you know for example metal tango and for Emma, and it needed some special things like stuff with like a lot of finesse and sensitivity so sterling was awesome i didn't even know that he played with all these other big acts he came in and he played the stuff and i thought oh and that made me sing like even you know even better so so we had like really heavy heavy you know fast heavy stuff and then we had the really soulful stuff and and metal tango there was anyhow there was a song which was actually really taking a risk like a tango thing with metal guitars so it needed yeah. somebody who was really like you know like yeah who, who can really do it good and sterling is a fantastic guy and super nice and you know and very talented and you know, <laughs> no wonder that he can do all all these bands i yeah i didn't even know it but um yeah listen he's doing he's doing all the big bands so so let me just quickly ask you about that um and I don't mean to any disrespect to Michael, was Michael just not able to handle that drums and you needed this guy to come in? Or you just thought, hey man, we have a chance to work with Sterling. We're going to work with Sterling. <laughs> Actually, uh, Michael, he was a great drummer, great yeah. drummer, but like the record, it took like about a year. So he played a couple of songs and then we wrote some, some more songs. And so he was back in Europe and then we thought, okay, we need somebody, you know, to, you know, to, put like a nice little drum thing on the demos so sterling came in and then it wasn't anymore the demos it was the real record so we kept it so so no michael was a great guy but i met him when i was i think he was 14 when he joined warlock so he was really young and you know and and sometimes you need like a heavy crack you know who can just deliver and and michael was great too but you know for certain things and especially metal tango and for Emma, and these were like so 
special songs, you know, they needed something really like somebody who's like, you know, who, who's really experienced. And uh, yeah, but well, yeah. I mean, I mean, he had been touring with Cindy Lauper at the time. I mean, you can't get you can't get really much better than that. I mean, that's that's some great experience. Yeah, 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 and David Bowie. I, I played a couple of times with David Bowie people. For example, Earl Slick, he played on one of our records. And I thought, wow, you know, yeah, the best musician. So. Yeah, I'll get I'll, I'll get and let me get over to, to to Cozy and Tommy and all these because I really want to go deep on on the record. Um, it was the final Warlock record. It was the last one. So, yeah, actually, uh, it wasn't our plan. But the right. thing was, I had two managers, and and um, after the Triumph and Agony album, we were working on a new album. There was the first Majeure record, and then our German manager he left. He left to Turkey and he was the merchandiser as well, but we couldn't track him down. We could never talk about it. And suddenly we found out that he stole our name Warlock and he wanted to keep the name Warlock to sell all these T-shirts because, you know, in the 80s, that was big time. So it took me 20 years to get the rights name. to the name Warlock back. So I never wanted to change Warlock. I never want to make a solo thing. But one record, we thought, OK, we put it under the Monica Doro. And then the next record will be back to Warlock, but that <laughs> took <laughs> that 20 years. Didn't pan out. <laughs> so, but, so it was not the plan, yes. So, so, but let me ask you this, though. When you think back to it, that it sort of became de facto the, the last one, does it bring up some sadness? Does it bring up some anger? Does it bring up, hey, man, we had great, a great run? Like, how do you sort of look back on it? Because there is how the fans look at it, like, yeah, and then... Listen, there's the business side, like the guy running off to Turkey yeah. kisses you off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's dead. <laughs> Somebody from like the magazine Art Shock, it's a Dutch magazine. It was the main writer. He called me one time. He said, Oh, you know, your old manager died. He got poisoned. And I said, ah, okay. So he probably did some stuff to other people too in Germany. And, and they, they're not kidding. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. That's what I heard. But um, actually, we were on tour. Like, uh, I found out about it, why we were on tour with the legendary Ronnie James Dio in Europe. So I was so, you know, like, like so excited. The fans were great. This record became really huge. Oh, we yeah, are became a big song for yeah. Emma, the German one became, you know, a big single. So so I thought everything will be okay. And I never took care of the business end of it. So I was just touring, touring, touring. Then in America, we got the great tour with Megadeth and Sanctuary. That was in 88. So there was, you know, we were like flying. It was great. It was a great time when metal was so huge. And then, yep. and the next record after Force Majeure, you know, I know you love Kiss and I was a big Kiss fan growing yeah. up. I still am. And then Gene Simmons was the producer of this album we did in 89, 90. So I was in heaven. So I yeah. didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel sad because we were just like, you know, every day was a new adventure and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, and then it was a little bit difficult when grunge hit, then it all it was like going down fast. So, so it was, you know, we, we, just tried to survive i did yep. so many records in america but they weren't released and then in 2000 there was the first record release again it was the calling of the wild album and there were two duets on it with lemmy my beloved lemmy kilmister and uh, so i always thought man you you just do what you have to do you just go forward and you know when you think about it too long yeah then maybe you get sad but you know but everything was you know like 
it was so much excitement. The fans, you know, when I see the fans, then <laughs> that other stuff doesn't matter, you know, that doesn't count. So, so I, 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 I must say, I enjoyed the making of the Triumph and Agony so much, and it was such a joy to play all these songs live. And we played some songs um, we have never played them live, so it was a totally new thing when we played all these songs we have never even rehearsed, like uh, "Make Time for Love" or "Kiss of Death" or Three Minute One" in Cold Cold World." I think we played maybe once or twice, but that was such a joy to play them again. Usually, we were always, you know, we always stuck with the anthems like "Oh, we are." And the big hits and for immer east meets west metal tango but now playing all these other songs and then we thought wow this record had so much you know depth yeah. and quality and and it was the right time right place and and mtv and headbangers boy played all these videos inside out so it was like the time was definitely on our side and sometimes it's not on our side or not so much so you have to just you know you just have to deal with what you what you get and then make the yeah. best out of it. But Triumph and Agony was definitely, and I always want to go, you know, to America. So on my third album, Tour Steel, I could do a little promotion tour for three days. And then after two days, I thought, yeah, I want to stay. So I could stay in New York and, and then everything fell into place. And I met these great people and Tommy Boy, my guitar player, which we always stayed friends, he, you know, I called him Listen, up a few years ago. on the upside, uh, grunge might have been difficult in the 90s, but 80s rock is still here in 2021. You go hey. find me a grunge band somewhere. They're all gone. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. I, I think that's so awesome that, yeah, the 80s, the <laughs> you big won. records, big best app, staying power. I just talked to a girl. She said, yeah, I just saw Judas Priest and Zabaton, which yeah. uh, they're actually younger but you know but priest that was my first tour in 86 and i'm so glad that all the great bands we love they're still big and you know and and there was just a metallica special i did something on tv uh for the black album i thought wow that's 30 years ago and i met my old boss from it was back then polygram and he was a Swiss guy and I just met him yesterday <laughs> and we were talking about these great times and, you know, I was great. The 80s, man, I tell you, and early 90s and then 90s. OK, but um, yeah, so so I'm, I'm I'm really excited and yeah, and I always think of the good things. I always try to keep the positive things in mind and yeah. like not not dwell on like ne negative stuff and but uh, when i write a book then i tell you all like the <laughs> all the things. all the dirt no but all I, the dirt yeah <laughs> you know as a as as a fan i like the 90s for with what some of the bands did you know scorpions did eye to eye and def leppard did slang and they did stuff that they weren't supposed to do and and it was just nice to see them spread their wings and so you know yes. yeah they were, they were I, I, did, I did a couple of records which i don't know if you know them but i love so much and one song is a fan favorite that's love me in black yep. love me in black i'm on 98 that, that was the one that wasn't released here for a, a long time yeah yeah it was a long time not released but i but all the diehard fans they know this album they especially know the song love me in black we always play it we love it and machine to machine that was released in 95 but not in the states and angels never die we did it with jack parney in new jersey it was 
awesome. So, so many things. But the diehard fans, they always they collect everything. And I know in right. Canada they have like still great record stores where the you know the the people who own the record stores they always get all that good stuff. You know, even though it's probably sinfully expensive, but all the diehards they know all that good good stuff. But yeah, sometimes you know I know in the grunge times yeah great bands as well. It wasn't you know like it wasn't rock or metal like we used to know in the 80s but yeah some some great big records but but i never felt grunge so so i always want to experiment mm. with something else and i think love me in black i'm still so listen so, i didn't get wow, any of the 90s i'm not running out to a soul asylum show anytime soon you know <laughs> I, I no, hear you. no offense i didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel it and, <laughs> And, you know, coming from the big 80s where everything was about like a big show, you know, and when you are growing up with Kiss, you want to see a big stage set and pyrotechnics and all the other bands, like, you know, you want to see like 20 Marshall stacks. And then, yeah, in the grunge time, it was like nothing. Everybody was like a gray, gray pullover looking what? at their feet and... and it was, so it was like hard to get used to that. Yes, yes. But I never thought that metal would come back in such a big way. And I'm so happy that it yeah, did. Because it's fun music. I mean, you listen to whether it's Motley Crue or Quiet Riot or Kiss or whoever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about living life to the fullest and just having some fun and not worrying about the boss and the work. And, the, and then you listen to the 90s stuff and it's all about how horrible life is, how miserable you are. Your yeah. mom was mad. And it's just like, ugh. Stop. Yeah, yeah, it's depressive <laughs> enough. Like no, the world yeah. is like in a, such a bad state. So, yeah. so I think yeah, some positive, some good energy, you know, powerful and positive. And um, and I tell you what, I think the songs on the Triumph and Agony album they could have been written a week ago or yesterday. They're all like you know, they still <laughs> you know, I still feel they're like timeless and like and and songs like oh we are that's so. That's so needed today when everybody feels like we're all in it together. All we are, we are, we are all, all we need singing together, just like, you know, Fully going agree. Fully so, agree. Um, Same with I yeah. Rule the Ruins. Uh, you know, yeah, I Rule the songs. Ruins. Yeah, um, that was a fun one. Let me ask you about this here. On the bonus edition in 2011, you had Something, this, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes, written by Gene yeah. Simmons. Yeah. What's the story on that? Was it written for triumph and agony and you didn't use it was it written somewhere later and you decided hey now that we're doing a bonus edition let's where does that come from hey mitch i don't even know which bonus edition you mean 2000, <laughs> the, the 2011 <laughs> cd bonus okay but anyway well, the, but the, the song something wicked this way comes regardless of where it showed up what's yeah. the story of those writing moments with gene like did he just give you some songs and and said pick and choose or did you sit down and say gene i want to hire you to write songs what was yeah, sort of that yeah he played me a couple of songs and i immediately thought oh i want to sing it and something wicked he was actually yeah he showed me in 1989 so okay. this uh edition it might be like a uk edition but we didn't we didn't have anything to do with it so sometimes people put stuff together so it was definitely written uh, or it was for our record which came out in 1990 and then i was a big uh, fan of the elder album i know many kiss fans they don't think it's their favorite but this one song only you i always love and then gene he was you know he was showing me a demo he was rewriting the lyrics and 
I said, oh, Jean, I want to, I want to sing it immediately, immediately. And, um, and there was another song which I love, Mirage. Oh, that was cool. So I must say, being a Kiss fan, man, when you hear something, it's like, oh, man, I want to do it. Gina, I want to do it. Yes. And yes. only you is great. And, and I'll, I'll say this because I'm not a fan of The Elder. And I'll tell you mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. um, why? I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because, you know, music is personal. And it's, it's yeah. those moments that connect. So, totally. um, my dad never wanted me to have any Kiss records. Just never bought anything. Never, 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 never. He hated it. He didn't want anything to do with it. And uh, the elder came out and he bought it for me. Oh, and so there was this big moment so of, of like, oh, my dad broke through and, and here we are. And he bought it in downtown Montreal and we drove home 45 minutes. And I was so excited. And then I put it on and it just didn't sound like Kiss. And that moment has stayed with me for 40 years. I, that It's just like my dad finally gave in and it wasn't Kiss. And I looked at the, at the because it was a vinyl, it was all brown. And I was like, where's the fucking picture of Gene in the makeup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's and, the paintings? And, yeah. And, and it wasn't there. And so that sort of childhood disappointment has just... And I just, every time I look at that album, I just go, fuck you. And it's not yeah. because of the music. It's because yeah. of, of that. And yeah, I, I can totally understand. I, Mitch, I can totally understand. Yeah, yeah I, I totally understand. But, but this one song, Only You. Only You is fantastic. God, the it melody. Oh, I, and I love to play it live. And oh, it, it, it has something. It is special. And, and everybody thinks I, I, I sing the song to, to them. Every single person thinks only yeah. you. It's like, oh, you know, it, it always has a great atmosphere. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, it's but it's a great so song. But... songs for the record. And, and, you know, and then we picked the best ones. So, so that's how it happened. And, um, and then we recorded it in L.A. in the fortress studio where kiss recorded hot in the shade and oh man and me being a kiss fan i couldn't get over it every day i went into the studio i was driving my car and i thought my heart was pumping you know i was getting nervous it's like you know it's like you know when you're a fan you're always a fan you know it's not that you change when you're going into the studio it's like it was it was, it was so much fun and 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 I just, I met Jean two years ago. We played on the same festival in the Czech Republic, the Masses of Rock, great festival. And then he said, hey, why don't you come up on stage and sing a song? And I said, oh, okay. And then we did War Machine together. Wow. And I was like, oh, that was my first time playing You, you did the Brian Adams song. <laughs> the Brian Adams song? Yeah, he wrote War Machine. Ah, I'm should have right. done. You should have done only you. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, but yeah, you're right, you're right. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of it, but it's still a great song. It had a great groove. And it's a great groove. Loved it, loved it. Um, let's give me. Let me get over to to Cozy Powell. Obviously, Cozy passed away, but just one of the greatest drummers. And of course, he's done his time with White Snake and all these other bands. Yes, yes. Um, having Cozy on your album is just, it's just great. Period. It doesn't matter if your drummer is good or not. It doesn't matter if Sterling Campbell's there or not. Cozy phones, you say, come on in. Uh, talk to me about that. And did you sit in the studio and just stare at him and go, it's fucking Cozy Powell. Look at that. I mean, was, was that... We were all standing around him, and yeah, his drumsticks were like like really this thick. I never yeah, they were, they were tree trunks. 
unbelievable. And then it was like, um, yeah, we were writing all these songs and stuff. And then we had the song Touch of Evil. And I thought, I want to really scream my heart out, like really like not sing, like really scream. And I talked to my manager at the time. His name was Alex Grobe. And I said, Alex, I need somebody with a lot of power, like really like out of this world. Our drummer, Michael, he was already in, in Germany. And he said, oh, I have a great surprise for you. I said, who is it? And he said, no, I'll just go into the studio. It was the Power Station studio in New York, in Manhattan. And, and next day I went in and then Cozy Powell was there. He said, hi, Doro, I heard you need some power. And I thought, oh. And then, you know, we played him the Touch of Evil song. And, uh, and he said, okay, okay, wait, I'm going to do it. And then he was playing and we were all like, I tell you, it was so powerful that everybody's heart almost was standing still because it was pumping, like the whole room was like vibrating. It was unbelievable. And then the next day I went in to do my vocals and, you know, and, and I, as planned, I was screaming, screaming, screaming. And between the Cozy Powell drums and Tommy played guitars already, he's high energy and crazy. And, you know, and I was screaming, screaming, screaming. And in the vocal booth, there was a little window, it was closed. And then suddenly a ball of lightning came in, came in, made a round and went back out. And I thought, oh my God. And then everybody in the studio looked at me and they said, Doro, what did you do? Did you raise hell or what? And then they all said, okay, let's let's finish for the night because everybody was really scared. And, and they said, well, if that thing would hit you, you would die instantly. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let's, let's call it a day. It was anyhow four o'clock in the morning again. So we went home and then next day we listened to it and everybody said that's it that's your vocal and i said doro please don't do it again who knows what will happen you know <laughs> you will set the studio on fire you know and so so that's actually yeah what you hear cozy's drums and the screams and the lightning ball like in the you know in the middle of all that so it was actually there was so much energy and i think i never felt it anymore like this like like a like a group of people just going crazy and um and i was like that that's probably the beauty of that song and the whole record and i felt totally free because the third album true steel um when we had our first album there was burning witches and hellbound was the second album yep. third uh, was true steel and it was the first worldwide release and then immediately all like the record company people said yeah it needs to sell millions and stuff and we had so much pressure and then it got uh, remixed and you know the sound was more like polished and radio friendly with the oh no for metal band you know we were metal and not like pop so so the third record was really hard i couldn't even sing my lyrics anymore they got tweaked you know they wanted to you know calm them down and so oh no so some of the songs i really sang under tears so when i went to new york when we started working on the triumph and agony i felt so free and so good and everybody said yeah don't just go for it and i said really and I remembered, like, when we did Through a Steel, they always said, ah, oh, calm down, calm down, don't scream, don't sing so loud. And I thought, oh, okay. And then suddenly there were people supported and they said, just be yourself, just go for it, just, you know, build it out, do what you love. And I thought, oh, okay. And then that's probably why it feels so good and so free. There was no, no restrictions, just everybody having fun and, you know, and 
Yeah. Really matter. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, and 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 we'll we'll wrap up on this. In the old days, or in the '80s, when you look at you know a lot of the singers, whether it's Sebastian Bach or John Bon Jovi, or they, it was all about singing as high as possible, and 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 that's that's what you just said you were doing. Is that difficult now to reproduce those songs? You sort of wish maybe I should have sung a little bit more <laughs> down the middle because it's it's got to be rough as we get older. To I mean, it's 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 got to be. Right? Which I, mean, I never felt the difference. I, no? I, no, I okay. can always sing. I can sing high and loud and scream. Okay. Just when I see the fans then everything just pops out, you know, I don't have to think about it and I just go for it. And when the audience is on fire, oh man, I can sing 10 times better, 10 times louder. So I don't feel any, any difference. Nothing, and it's huh? fun, like live, you know, it's in the studio, it's one thing that's good and cool, but live, I think that's like, you know, when yeah, once, you get, the, once you get the audience in, involved, exactly. you, you get that energy. Exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and <laughs> Even I if think they're in the cars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was really good practice. And yeah, and, and it was actually fun as well, I must say. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy that we did all these little things that were all like really challenging. It was hard work, but it was worth it. And, and now having the triumph and agony life. Yeah, I would have never done it if I would have been on tour if it would have been normal and i'm so happy and i hope the fans love it and it's like life i think it sounds yeah. even better than the original yeah and 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 the box the packaging is great i love the packaging yeah. and yeah and uh oh, that, they're, they're even selling it with a little a little statuette right a little a little uh, yeah yeah right the statue uh, that's that's the one with the cassette like, right. So if you guys are really old school, the cassette looks really <laughs> cute, and it's like the CD and uh, yeah. Blu-ray, and that's the that's the oh my god, that's the box set. That's the <laughs> there's the statue. <laughs> I love the statue. That's a little action figure, and yeah, and you can <laughs> even throw it; it will not break. You know, oh, that's when the greatest. Dogs or cats, you know, they can crawl, <laughs> crawl all over. So it's like, and yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. I would have put a little makeup a little bit more makeup on but it's all hand painted <laughs> and, and it's just a gimmick you know us like with the kiss dolls with the kiss figurines so i always yeah, but, I mean, that, that's, that's what i like about physical product over streaming yes. is that you get a box you get a figurine you get exactly. you, know, you get the music which is ultimately the most important thing but yeah. you got something to hold on to and yeah to put on your shelf and stuff. Yeah. And then we have a big album cover. Uh, I don't have it here because it's not manufactured or it's actually on, uh, it's in the mail, but that one was the biggest album cover in the world in 87. <laughs> and here the record is in my tummy. And now we have even a record cover. It's twice as big. And, and there's a marbled vinyl in. And, and one girl, she said, oh, that's pretty cool. I will put it in front of my window so no criminal will ever think of breaking into my apartment i'm looking at this over here this is not yours this is john Waite. it's signed uh, oh you can't get a you can't you can't sign an mp3 you you no. need a product you need a big thing absolutely yes. absolutely yes. and and i'm a big record vinyl collector so i love vinyl i still do yeah. and Hey, you, yeah. When you go to a show, you need to have that CD or the vinyl to be signed. You can't, I mean, forget yeah. the Spotify. 
but yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I feel the same. And we like mm. the good stuff. And yeah, and I want to bring it back, especially for Triumph and Agony Life. Next year, we do a new album. Yeah. And, um, and we are still uh, with Nuclear Blast. And this one I could do on my own label so I could do all these things and all the action figure and cassette and you know like a normal record company would say hey you're crazy we don't do anything we just do Spotify and no box set but I, I, I think well, it's important you know you know that, that's diehards. since we talked since you mentioned Lemmy you know Ozzy Osbourne just put out the No More Tears 30th anniversary Ooh. and it's only on on streaming Oh, oh, that's that's sad. That's sad. I I I, I would have, I, I would buy it immediately if it would well, be on nice vinyl or, you know. Well, they whatever. do have it on vinyl, but they don't have it on CD, and that's where that's. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. No. I disappeared for a second. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, okay, but you say they have it on vinyl. They have it on yeah, vinyl, but they don't have they don't have it on CD, and yeah. they have um. Uh, Lemmy and Ozzy doing a duet on, I think, Hellraiser, and oh, cool. I can't, I, I can't buy it because it's not in a format that I like. But anyway, uh, <laughs> less about me, more about you. Um, the uh, the the box set September twenty fourth, and yeah, a new actually, album actually, next year. Mitch, uh, yeah. uh, it is now October first in North America. Yeah, oh. in America and Canada because there's something stuck. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like. Um, like the, the shipping, there was something like in, in these crazy, crazy times, I tell you, all, all, you know, it's like, so it's now the 1st of October. I told everybody 24th, but last week I found out in North America, it's uh, 1st of October. So, so the fans, I apologize. Fans ah, have to wait no, a little bit they longer. can wait a week. It's not a, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, a week is okay. I remember sometimes we put out records in the 80s and it was half a year later or even one year later in Japan or in America. So, so one week, that's like just, just, yeah, just to let yeah. you guys know. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like, it's like the Scorpions. They, they release stuff in Europe in February and then they release it in North America in October. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, and everybody's buying the the, the <laughs> European import. Yeah, of course. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Um. Oh, and just as, since you mentioned, you did start your own uh, record label. Um, yeah. Is that just basically to to be able to do this and have your creative control and and yeah own yeah. your masters kind of thing, or is there something else? Do you plan on signing new bands or? I, I didn't do that yet, but maybe in the future, if somebody's like, you know, like, yeah, if I find a great new band, yes. But so far, I did only our records and I got uh, so many records. I got the rights back, like all my time when I was at SPB and AFM, like these 10 years. So all the rights came back to me and I thought, oh, it's like. That, that sucks if you can't buy the record anymore. And now I can do all these funny things like picture right. disc and you know and like shaped vinyl and you know and um, action figures and and last record it was the magic diamonds album and i could yeah. have my own perfume the true heart perfume for men and for women so all these like little things like for the diehard collectors so so yeah that's the reason yeah. why i did it and um yeah a new normal album will be on on nuclear blast but from yeah for all these other things and and even old um DVDs, you know, they can't get them anymore. So, so I'm just in the middle of doing, you know, of releasing more stuff, which, wow. which is impossible to get and was maybe never released in the States. So, so yeah, we're doing all kinds of stuff. And it was great. Like 
when we couldn't go on tour, I always had something to do. I didn't get any time to get depressed because there was always something going on, you know. So and mixing and music and ah, and you know and watching all like the live footage and yeah, and what I told you in the beginning that I even found my old first cassettes. I tell you, man, they're really. I think diehard fans will really love that because yeah. the songs were great and you know we were. I didn't know what I was singing because I couldn't speak English that well, but it sounds cool. It sounds very <laughs> metal and lots of speed metal and screaming in that. Um, yeah, so, so, and. Now, uh, just real quick uh, with the, uh, the SPV and those older records or the records from the 2000s stuff, when you do get around to re-releasing them, are you going to re-release them as they are? Or are you going to go back in and recut oh, some vocals and yes. tweak them and. Yeah, actually, the the one we talked about, this one was all like, that was last year, you know, the Magic Diamonds album. Yeah. And it has like 56 songs on it. And most of it was remixed. And I put some nice live versions on and some, nice. some demos, like some really cool demos, which I thought they sound the best. I always feel the demos are sometimes better than the normal real record. But yeah, I saw everything I is always tweaked or at least remastered and bonus tracks are on and some yeah some cool demos so so there's always something special or at least picture this or cut out or like some See, some something fan like friendly. My you, you gotta be friendly to the fans they they, yes. they love that stuff. i love that stuff yeah, me too me the more too the i'm still a metalhead and a fan i buy all that stuff from other people and it's like it's so much fun to yeah, to have something what really makes you feel good and you know, yeah. so yeah, yeah. and I, I, I like to to give that to the fans, to the diehards that it makes them like feel like, yeah, man, it's like, you know, sometimes stuff is sinfully expensive to even make, uh, which you know nobody realizes now since I have my own label, oh my god. Sometimes <laughs> I, I thought I overdid a little bit, but if the fans love it. I'm happy, you know, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. And that's the way it should be. Listen, uh, speaking of other re-releases, you mentioned Metallica's Black Album. They they did that 30th anniversary and yeah. it's, it's just terrific. It, it, it yeah. has completely put me back into Metallica. I had sort of stopped listening to them, not because I hate them or anything, just because I have other stuff to listen to. And and then that came out and I'm totally deep diving on Metallica again. So that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, oh man, I would have loved to, to, to do a song as well. I did one time Nothing Else Matters, and I think it came out so great. I think it came out really good, but I heard that many people were working on it, and Elton John and all these people from all different genres. I think that's so great. And and I remember the first gigs we did together with Metallica early 80s and but you could feel there was something so special about him. And, and last time I've seen them in a rock in Rio, I think in front of 600,000 people or something. It was like, oh my God. And I thought, wow. So it was quite, it was quite inspiring, motivating. And, you know, and yeah, I haven't seen him in a long time now. I, I remember when we were kids, when everybody had like long hair, and, you know, and it was like teenagers and, you know, but uh, but I remember that so well. And, you know, the, it was good, awesome. the good old days. Anyway, folks. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. Head out and get uh, Warlock or Dora, Warlock, Triumph, and Angle Live. Yes. Box set right. will be available yeah. uh, while October 1st. Yes, and, yes. Uh, you get the figurine. You get, you get physical product. You get audio, video. What more could you ask for? 
Beautiful. Exactly. Enjoy. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. And and, and it, it's reasonably priced. I'm looking at the price on this. Uh, on oh, this really? Oh, yeah. God, I'm happy to hear that because I heard, like, you know, I'm doing social media and I never thought I would do it. But now I'm on Instagram, Store Metal Queen and Facebook, Store Pesh Official. And I always look at the comments and then they're like hundreds of great comments. And there's always one person who says, oh, that sucks. That's much too expensive. Are you crazy? <laughs> I don't like your figurine. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, no. That breaks my heart. Uh, oh, yeah, but well. I'm glad when everybody else likes it. And there, there, yeah, there but one. it's all up to taste. And I mean, you don't have to buy it. So you can just like, well, like we said before, you can get it on streaming or whatever you like. But I like the real stuff and, you know, and something more than just like, you know. that, that's that's what I always have to say about people who complain. Oh, the ticket prices are too. The concert was. You don't have to go. There's no law that's forcing you to go. Exactly, and sitting like in the <laughs> first row no, with special tickets for thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's and, no. If you don't, if if you don't want to go, don't go. But stop complaining all the time. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let, let's stick to the triumph <laughs> yeah. and. and more triumph, less agony. Let, let, let's go that. Especially right, since I'm Canadian, right. we love our triumph here. Uh, yes, yes, Montreal. Yes, merci yes. beaucoup. Always a pleasure. Oh, merci beaucoup. Bon chance. All the best to yes. everybody, and thank you for having me on your show again, Mitch. It's Absolutely. always great Absolutely. talking to you. And the first time face to face, like wow, yeah. man. Oh, awesome. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And and uh, my hair. It's been a long time since since those eighties. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, poor me. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I, Have a good day. Thank you so much. Much all the best and all the metalheads. I love you. See you soon. Cheers. All right, perfect. Yeah. Let me. Uh, there you go. Yeah.